0: The pitch swing and a long drive to deep right field. That ball is gone. Get out the great Poupon. That's a grand salami. And the Cajuns have broken it open.
1: Woo! seven to two.
0: Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN
2: 1420. and ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. Welcome back, and everybody, I'm Scott Prather. Great Scott Show, sponsored by suit Up. Joining us live from NOLA is our good friend GCAT, Gus Kattengill on the line with us this morning. And, uh, Gus, I, I played that call there because... In a tight game last night in the eighth, in a winner go home situation, uh, Ben Fitzgerald, all Sun Belt Conference DH, hits a grand slam. Man, in a in a must win situation, late in a tight game, I- is there anything more cool than hitting a grand slam in baseball? I mean, that's a moment that. If you had ever done that back when you played and tried out for the Zephyrs, we've talked about that before. Sure, uh, I'm I'm guessing you would. uh, You would basically. You would probably like just have a some kind of like dog tag or medal, like embed it with like the moment and just wear it everywhere.
0: Yeah, uh, I I guess the closest thing to that would be like getting inked up or something. Right. I mean, (laughs) I guess if I, I I was to uh, hit the game winning shot or something, I'd probably would would have a really good artist, you know, replicate that or, you know, let everybody sort of know. You do sorta of see that, right? A lot of times it can be uh, bad things where you see fans sort of already predict that their team's gonna win and they lose and have to go get it covered up. Or um you actually do see members of the winning team go do that. So, um I yeah, I guess that's along the same lines for sure. You know, to um kind of commemorate <laughs> what you did. Now, you know, it's so funny you bring that up because what UNO's uh, player hit two grand slams uh, the last one in the seventh inning yesterday in their win. And then, you know, my Cubs, Javi Baez, did something I've never seen before. I mean, Buster Olney was saying he's never seen that in baseball in 40-something years. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Yesterday was was incredible. You know, I love the fact that baseball sort of, you know, right now has – I would say Southern States, I mean, it has a really good state. I know the NBA players are going on, but you're seeing some really good stuff. And, look, you know, I was double-checking because um, staying late into the night, sort of seeing Southern Miss win again after midnight, dude, they, two days before they played for two-something in the morning. You know, these tournaments are going on forever, you know, with these games lasting as long as they are. But um, it's incredible to just sort of see the kind of performances these kids put up. I mean, this is their moment, and – um, I it's just nice to see Scott considering last year, you know, where you had seasons in, some kids never got a chance to really play and all that. So um, it's great, man. I, I, I love it. You know me. I'm all about state baseball. I want as many teams in the state to do well as possible. I think it's great for kids. ESPN
2: 1420, the um, the game last night, very, very exciting stuff. And th- there's something in sports you simply can't duplicate when it's a must-win for both yeah. teams, for both teams, right? It's one thing if you know it's three games to one or to two, and one team. Ha- when both teams are in a situation where you want to keep playing, you got to win. It's part of obviously what makes the March Madness so incredible. But when you have that in sports, and it's that kind of feel, that kind of pressure, there's just there's nothing like it. You can't duplicate it, and it's it's one of the mm-hmm. things I love about sports: just that anxiety, that pressure, and the pain of when it doesn't work out and and the joy that a team or a fan base feels when it does. Uh it just and then of course when you're in a playoff situation and you're doing it again, it's like you, you gotta take a breath and you get ready for it again. But just all packed into a short period of time, right. man. There's really just nothing like it. And then throwing a crowd in there like we're seeing in some of these postseason games and whatnot uh, in the NBA, and seeing some crowds come back in baseball as well, that's just another added element that was sorely missed for the last year. And granted, you know, you got some idiots and knuckleheads and um, the Jazz band fans, the Sixers band of fan that threw the popcorn. I have no idea how the Knicks haven't done anything yet. Someone actually spit on Trey Young. It's ridiculous.
0: So, no, he's gone. Uh, okay, good. good. Get yeah, him out of he's there. Gone. Dude, but what was nuts is you're that up. You know, I'm reading last night and I got home had a few minutes to myself and I'm like and I, I was reading the story from uh from John Morant's dad, you know, at Utah and, and you have fans, you know, saying things like, you know, I'm gonna put a nickel on your back and watch you dance And I'm like, What Whoa. what in the hell is going on? I'm like I
2: mean I mean, dude, honestly really? I, I, I just, hate to say it but with 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 the jazz fans it's not it's not.
0: No, I'm it's expected. Su- I'm you not know, surprised. This is what I don't get, man. We talked about it in our show. Um, you know, e- even to in, – in my, my internal is, you know, we talked about neck and we talked about, you know, the Predators chant, which I, I do like. You know, the um, it's all your fault. It's all your fault uh, to the goalie when they score and he gives up a goal and then it ends with you saw certain things that could be fun. There's elements to it and and can make it a unique fan base. Um, look, man, if I ever cursed at a game? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I, um, I'm sure we all get that anger, but it's like no one wants to sit next. I don't. And, and maybe I've changed, you know, being 45, 46 in January, but I, I don't want to be uh, an environment where, you know, you bring Callaway, I, I bring Carver, and, um Somebody's just, you know, Eddie Murphy's Raw special, and for those that are not old enough to remember, it's basically two hours of cursing. So, you know, I think there's certain levels to that, but absolutely, you know, like what I'm debating is language in terms of foul language. What's undebatable is just treating people like human beings, and and I I I guess we can get caught up in certain aspects of, you know, games and all this other stuff, but man, there's got to be a certain level of respect. And I just think that that's my whole thing that I've sort of seen just in society right now, man, that the lack of respect for, for people, lack of respect for life. Um, it's incredible, man. I've always said this. I think the best thing that happened to me to be able to be a sports caster, is to actually cover a team. And Scott, you know what I'm talking about? When you do, you know, you do coaches and so you do player interviews, you Get to know them and meet them, and you realize everyone sort of yes, they, their checks have a couple extra like, zeros in a comma or two more than you and I. But the point I'm making is, you, you do get to see that they are just what they're doing, you know, and, and they have families and there's moms and there's dads, and you know, I, I've never understood, it, and I've always been one to quickly sort of back um, players that struggle on a Saturday night, you know, with, with certain fan bases, because I'm like, you know. Uh, a spring or fall ago on signing day, you were just high-fiving everybody. They picked your school as a freshman. They don't perform well. And you're ready to bet. You call them all kinds of names. These message boards go bananas on them. And guess what happens? They transfer the next year. And then you really can't stand them. And you call them cowards. I'm like, I, I, I'm i just thinking again, things change, right? My life changes. What if that's my kid um, who's dreamed of playing at said university or said school and, we get there, and it doesn't work out one game. All of a sudden, he's a piece of stuff, you know, and I'm like, wow. Like, it's, like we need to just breathe, man. It's a game. I mean, whether they won or lost, I, I, you know, I went into the game watching the Suns and Lakers. Come on, Phoenix. They lost. I'm waking up Friday enjoying doing your show and going to have a nice long weekend. It has no bearing on me. You know, it's like, I just, I just crazy, man, to read stories like that where a father can't go watch his son play in his first playoff series without getting that kind of garbage, you know. And he said, I love the trash talk, um, you know, and he told him I can't wait to come back so we can close you out. And, I, and, and he said he had a great time with certain fans, and he did say that there were some fans in those stands though, that heard what these other guys were saying, and, and they, you know, challenged him on it. But I just, you know, it's the mentality of that. I I, I mean, there's game stuff, and then there's yeah, he,
2: ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com, Gus Cattenale. All right, uh the good side of it, the energy that you get with a live crowd is um whether you love the team or hate the team, man, whenever like it's just the the bubble last year in the NBA, um, you know, hearing hearing crowds, granted they're you know, it's not like they're sold out in Montgomery right now at the Sunbelt Tournament yeah. or, you know, the Coosa tournament where you're watching um, you know, games late last night, but just having Having something, and yeah, you know, it's been coming along. And you had social distancing, you know, Gus. You were you were at some games at the Smoothie King Center, and I was too this year with the Pelicans. And when it's, you know, five percent, three percent capacity, and it's all spread out, it's just not. It's just not. It's you can't duplicate it. You know, same with the the Superdome, even more extreme because it's such a big facility. And you know, a few games that you know, just hearing players say, you know, sometimes it felt like it was a scrimmage. That is an element that. um you know, has really, you know, seeing Phil Mickelson, right, last Sunday and and the crowd around him and the whor- – that's, again, we talk about just the energy that you can get through a sporting event that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, part of that is the crowd, and it's good to see, uh, with, the, with the, you know, exceptions that we mentioned, it's good to see crowds back and sports fans getting into it. And yeah, I get it. They're going crazy. They've been cooped up, whatever. Uh, behave yourself, have fun, but, man, just be glad to be back out there. You know, and, and it's, it's even when you're just watching it on TV, the idea of, well, the best ticket in the house is your couch. Hey, sometimes that might be true, but you can't tell me that it's the same as being at an intense game because you can just feel that energy when you're there, or even when you're just watching it from home. Hey, you guys, Are you there?
0: No, I'm good. Sorry. You know, not in the mornings I have to go in and out of mute. <laughs> I um, I think one of the things that you brought up, man, it's just absolutely, you know, beyond the is what a crowd can bring energy wise, and also what a crowd can do uh, to influence a game. I mean, you've seen it, man. It, it was nice to watch the NBA playoffs, and you're seeing um, how it absolutely affects the game, man. Awesome. I mean, I love it. I I love. There's nothing sort of like that dude where a big three happens, or you know, even in game two that Phoenix loss, You know, we're trying to make a a comeback, and you know, you see um, the, the threes. You know, and the crowd goes crazy. Or look at the Knicks, man. I mean, the Knicks are a good example. Um, you know, where yeah, fans the, the fan fans spit on you know Trey Young to see that kind of atmosphere and, and to see them come down and come back from 15 and, you know, everybody nationally lose their minds that the Knicks are back. And all that, stuff. that was fun. I just, but you do get to see that element. And, um, that was, incredible, wasn't it? Seeing the PGA Championship 18th, I mean, that's nuts. You shouldn't be able to walk up and pat the guy that's literally trying to win the championship, still has a couple of holes to, I mean, strokes to, you know, finish that hole. You know, you imagine, you know, I was trying to come up with, like, different analogies to that, Scott. Like, I'm trying to think, um, I don't know, down five a minute something left drew Brees is on the field he hits a bomb so they're within field goal range or something they can win it so i guess it'd be down two and and then fans can just walk as he's walking up to the line of screens they're patting his back you know and he still has to snap the ball and get you know um the winning field goal kicked or you know you you would never see that in any other moment you know it's like it's a 3-0 count with the bases loaded and before the next pitch, you know, fans can walk up and pat the, the you know, the batter on the back. I mean, it's just, it's crazy um, to have seen that kind of um, fan-demonium, really. But, now, man, it, it, it's cool to see again, you know, and we started seeing that two weeks ago, man, in baseball. Obviously, you and I follow baseball and you got to see fans in the stands, some with masks, some not now and it's, it
2: just feels good, dude. Not a lot. ESPN 1420. All right, before we let you run this morning, Gus, I um, want to get a quick hit in on the Saints. In the last two months and a week, right, since the day Drew Brees retired to now, the betting odds in terms of the Saints winning Super Bowl 56, for the record, I don't think they're going to win Super Bowl 56, but the betting odds – Uh, The day Breeze retired, and and I don't think it has anything to do with Breeze. It has to do with other things that have happened since then because everyone knew he was going to retire. But they were 22-1 to on, what, March 14th? Here we are in late May in their 35-1. to Um, Tell you what, man, at plus 3,500, they're not in the upper half of the league when it comes to, you know, Good betting odds. Their odds are getting longer. They might even get longer. It says a few things. One, not too many people are betting on them. That's obvious. But two, yeah, some people probably didn't like the draft. And I just think there's so much uncertainty in terms of what is this team going to look like? Yeah, they've been competitive. Yeah, they went, um, what, 7-1, and 8-1 and one without Drew Brees the, the last two years. But it's, for me, while the focus is on the quarterback, they've lost so many other guys. So I'm not... I'm not surprised by this. And I know a lot of Saints fans are like, I'm I'm going to put down some money now because why not? Why not? Hey, have some fun with it. Go ahead. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But there's a reason it's slipping more and more and there's some uncertainty, but there's also a lack of depth at some key positions. Are you surprised like that's for just for just like nine weeks, that is a pretty, pretty big move on the books. For a team in terms of their their Super Bowl odds shifting as much as they have, are you surprised that shift?
0: Not, um, and the reason is because uh, and and we have you know Rafael Esparza on from uh, Doc Sports every twice a week, and yeah, we call him Mister Vegas man, and, and he literally lives in Vegas, and is um, he's. Been in charge of making the books and setting the books for casinos in Vegas, and he he explained it to me. You know, he's like, nothing's happened. You've you've not taken a snap. Nobody has played. No one's been injured. No one's had a breakout season. No one's you know playing for a contract. No one's coming off of a big contract. And but he's like, nothing has happened. And what drives it, what changes? It's just literally based, as you said, how fans feel and whether it's their excitement or their apathy and you know I I think after the Saints draft initially you probably had a lot of people that went oh boy okay well uh, that was that kind of draft and I think here locally it's been explained pretty well to how you sort of look at that and um, some of those parts make sense you can see a lot of those moves and you know, I think you can be some sort of lovely thing, but you don't know, Scott. You don't know. But what you said is what I've been saying for weeks. I've said on your show. i say it on mine, all this. Um, and it's why I call them a potentially – a potential playoff team. I I can't say they're absolutely in. A, this is a 17-game season. Never had one. Well, it's one game. How big a difference can one game make? Well, it can. I mean – what maybe nine to 10 wins got you in the postseason last year, maybe in the 11. It's a lot of wins. You know, it's one more win and in any NFL, as we know, winning one game is not easy. So how is that dynamic sort of going to change? How with some of those teams in the NFC, again, 17 weeks, how does that work? Do you, is the team that you think can win really well suffer an injury? Does it help you? Um, I, I don't know. Look, you got to start with the biggest question mark of Ramon. I have no idea what to think of quarterback. I, I, I have an idea. I, I like what I've heard from Jameis Winston this afternoon. Um you, you would think that you would have at least a fighting chance, right? I mean, you you have a five year starter. Um, if Taysom Hill winds up winning the job, it's probably going to be based off of at least one element. That he should know the offense. He's been here for a while. Uh, he's been in every you know position room. And if not, then then Jameis you know earned it and, and won it, and you have him doing his thing. So, but let's continue. Is that line going to stay healthy? Is Ruiz going to be your center? How is that going to go? He hasn't played center in the NFL. You have a new quarterback with that offensive line. How are they going to mesh? How are they going to? responded who are the other receivers I, I i have an idea and and i think that i like what i saw with marquez calloway right you and i talked about this i think last week Scott. he looks the part he looks like the guy that i think could play nfl receiver but he's been a guy that hey fill in you're asking him to possibly be a number two or number three Traquan smith you're you know in it's you know make or break to an extent for you there i mean you drafted him to be the guy to stretch the field initially. And, and then for some, you know, however it worked, he, he's now the slot guy. Well, he's never done that. Well, but you have a pencil in the slot guy, Michael Thomas. I mean, you know, he woke up, didn't speak, knew exactly what Drew Brees wanted to do. You have to get that sort of thing. Now I did like last year, Scott, he got double digit receptions with Taysom Hill at quarterback. Um, so that gives you an idea. to so what kind of receiver is he's, he's going to get open. So, those dynamics, though, man. Um, Adam Troutman's never been the main tight end at an NFL or high pro level, or you know, even a high collegiate level. I, I but again, like how he looks the part. You know, I like his size, I like his athleticism. You saw him make some nice catches with Drew last year. But there's a, that's a lot of this, man. That's, that's a lot of we, that's just on offense. You know, on defense. I don't know how anyone thinks that we take a step forward immediately by losing Malcolm Brown and Sheldon Rankins, the, the two very good interior defensive linemen that helped you stop the run. Um, there's a reason Trey Hendrickson had double-digit sacks. The guy you drafted thinking would get you double-digit sacks and do something hadn't produced And Marcus Davenport. So the guy that got you double-digit sacks is gone. Now you can sit there and say, well, maybe that's because, you know, and Jordan was there, and all of a sudden, okay, that's fine. But again, it has to be done. It has to be proven. Um, I, I I like Peyton Turner. I, I love the personality. I, I love the hat, the cowboy shoes. I guy looks like he's eager. He's hungry. Great. And and you know, but again, it hasn't been done. Let's see. He could come in and light the world on fire. Peyton Werner. I have every reporter and. People that like him, Ohio State, like, look, he's a solid. Think of Fujita. Think of Shanley. That it may not be flashy jersey sellers, but they do their job. They're solid. It's great. Let's see it. But it's never happened yet that I've seen in a game in the NFL. Um, I like Paulson and Evo. I, I think he's going to push for the starting role. I, I legitimately do. Some in the media around here don't think that he can do that. I think he can. If he does, that again, you have a rookie starting corner. Now, Marshawn Lattimore was a rookie starting corner. Marcus Williams was a rookie starting safety. So, can he turn out to be one of those finds and gems? Um, that's that's a lot of questions. And, and look, I, I've gone back and forth with people here. You know how I feel. I I am not uh, comfortably sleeping at night with that same safety group. I, you know how I feel about Marcus Williams. Um, and and Malcolm Jenkins is Malcolm Jenkins, man. Some I I just. I didn't agree with the, with the signing last year, and that was before he played. I just – a lot of money at that age with a guy that you can just see physically my eyes tell me it, it's hard for him to – you know, he, he's towards the end of his career, not the beginning of his career. So um, that's a lot of question marks, dude, for people that have called my show last week and, oh, man, it's 13-14 wins. So I don't know how they went from, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, dude. From that was the worst draft in the history of the Peyton Mara 13 to, 14 oh, wins. We're fourteen what? wins, man? I'm like, okay, gotta wake
2: up and face reality. That, ESPN, fourteen twenty. Golly. And
0: Scott, I want to add this. It's okay. It's okay if this team contends, either just misses or makes the wild card. You know what I've been saying for weeks. You got to look at this as a remodeling of your team. Get under the cat. Get your house in order monetary-wise. See if some pieces do pan out. What young pieces am I keeping long-term with Ramchick and Lattimore? I mean, we don't even know if the guys could be suspended for week one. So there's a lot of things that I'm, I don't know what I got my quarterback. Hopefully, best-case scenario, Winston comes in. I mean, absolutely kills it, Scott. You got your quarterback of the future. You don't have to worry about drafting one, trading for one. And then you're moving on forward. You know, and that's how I look at the season. I think sit back and enjoy the ride. I have no idea what you're going to see. And if it turns out to be one where the team's competitive every week and they're winning some games and they're making go, ah, on others, I think that's your best case scenario. I, I, I just, I'm not going in this year going, oh, they, they're a, contend- a contender. They're a play a shoe-in. I just don't know. Um, and I think if you go in it like that, I think you can enjoy your year. You know, I just think it's different. I mean, it's so unique and different. And everyone I've talked to, from Triplett to anybody else, man, we're excited about like training camp and preseason because, like, legitimately, there's a lot to look at and pay attention to.
2: ESPN1420.com, Gus Cattingale, our guest. Uh, final question for you, my friend Julio Jones, where does he play next year? <sighs> Talking to some people
0: in Atlanta. They- He's gone. I mean, that is for sure. That's a, I, like I said, it. where is he playing? Um, Man, I'm just thinking of Diana Rossini's, you know,
2: Yeah, I mean, let me, let yesterday
0: me. Of a team with a first round Yeah, like, like who's doing desperate. that? Well, that's desperate considering Wednesday, Scott. I mean, the report was, you know, I saw two reports that, they'll be lucky to get a second, possibly a third. I think, I think they're Julio just, Jones.
2: look, Atlanta leaks that out. Maybe there was a discussion of a first-round pick, but not a firm offer, and now they're, I, I, it, it It. screams if Atlanta trying to drive up the price, doesn't it?
0: Uh, Scott, look at you. You think Terry Fontenot maybe learned that from Sean Payton a little a bit? Little bit. Oh, no, a little bit, a little bit. You think, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense for him to say, look, I'm telling you on the table right now, is a first. And then a team that wasn't going to offer a first goes, wait, what?
2: Wait, you, know? you, you asked this. We didn't say yes. We didn't say no, but we were never going to say yes. We just were talking, and now you're leaking this. But So you're not lying to Rossini, yeah. but you're just, nope. you just never really got it, and you want someone to – if they had a first – now, first of all, they're they're not going to make the trade until post-June 1st for, for cap reasons, but – that's the idea big, that
0: That's
2: exactly the idea that they can't come to an agreement <laughs> before that, like it, it's it yeah. just sounds like they're trying and trying and trying. If this all ends and they get a good, if they get a first round pick, I can't oh. stand Atlanta, but I'll tip my cap to them and say, "Hey, well it's done, okay. guys." But I, I just don't see that I, happening at this point.
0: I talked to a buddy over there yesterday, and I'm like, "Really a first? And he goes, Gus. there's no way." Is somebody's stupid enough to offer a first round pick. Houston doesn't have any. So it's, the, from, you know, yeah. If the right? Texans had I, I one, think, maybe, I, but. I, I, so I'm looking at fit and I'm thinking we can do. And there's three teams that just really stand out to me. And the good thing about it is I really don't see that many NFC teams uh, that. And I think Atlanta, if, if you have AFC, AFC teams that want it, it would make sense, right? Baltimore just screams, screams that. And especially two days ago when Lamar Jackson's talking about, hey, he's focusing on 2021 he's not focusing on his new contract. Dude, on the show yesterday, I said I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm not stepping on the field without your deal, and and I'm not that guy. You know, I'm like honor your deal and all that. But that guy's completely outplayed his rookie contract. Um, and secondly, Scott, more importantly, how he is used. Do you know he rushed for what 159 times, something like that? He rushed for thousand yards last year. Like I, I would say that again, he rushed for thousand yards last year. The quarterback. I mean that 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 is what the standard, Scott. Right, thousand yard rushing season by running. Like we think that those are those are all pro. Those are you know contract negotiating type things for running backs, right? I mean a thousand yards. He rushed for a thousand yards last year. Um, I've always said I love that guy. Put in a postseason. Game, all it takes is just one bad fall. Forget a hit. He slides. He hits his head on the turf. He gets. A normal tackle that hits his head on his turf or gets hit in the way where he does get concussed. And guess what happened last year in the playoffs? Your offense sat on the bench because he was injured. Um, that's a lot. And and if you're Baltimore, the going rate is $40 million, right? That's what that got. It's $40 million. Are you willing to give... You remember Saints fans got going bananas when Drew got twenty. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, remember the the conversation? Uh, two year, twenty five to fifty. He needs to take the hometown discount so the Saints can build a team. They're looking at double that. So think of that if you're Baltimore. Now, that's your team though, right? So do you alter your offense a bit? And that's why I'm getting at with Julio. I mean, I. I can't have him running that much. I but that's what makes him him. So, but if I'm going to pay him forty over the next five years, six years, then I need to give him some things to do that are not just running. Right? Here's a couple of receivers or two. Here, a um, you know, I mean, a bit of the run game. Use it to where he can still use his legs. Like, I think Russell Wilson does it as best as he can, man. Um, he's mobile, he's active, he extends plays, but, dude, that guy is the thrower. And that's what he needs to sort of develop. And I, I watched that game last year. I mean, some of his games last year, and to me it really came across like a guy was trying to prove he can be a thrower and not a runner. Then we decided, you know what, I'm just going to be the guy that I am. Um, they started to play better. So, But that's a huge decision there. And when, when you look at Baltimore – and that would make sense. Tennessee would make a ton of sense. You know, Derrick Henry and having a guy sort of like that. But, you know, we seeing seen yesterday. They're really not in the mix, which, again, could be disinformation saying, you know, we're not going to all play it. Um, and in New England. I mean, New England makes sense. You have a young quarterback over there in Matt mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, Cam Newton's probably sitting going, I'd love a guy to just sit back and just chunk it. I still think i got the arm. You know, me and my accuracy. Just tell me how many yards you want me to throw it deep and who you go get it. So... <laughs> Um, but those are the three that really kind of stand out to me. I'm trying to think in the end, and, and I just – I can't, because some of those teams that were receiver deficient drafted receivers earlier in a draft year like Philadelphia with Devontae Smith. So um, those are just the three that really pops up to me. But I would be shocked, man, if by this time next week you and I are talking and um, Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons, you would be really, really surprised.
2: Gus Cangill has been our guest. No surprise. Always solid when he is on with us. Great stuff, my friend. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for taking the time talking Grand Slams, college baseball, NBA playoffs, some Saints with us, a little Julio Jones action, and some betting lines. We'll catch up with you again next week, man. Enjoy the extended weekend. Enjoy the time with the fam, and uh, we'll talk again soon, brother.
0: As always, man, and uh, special thanks to obviously all those servicemen and women that wear the uniform and that do the – but do so now, man. It's um it's special. We should remember that. So happy memorial day, everybody.
2: Amen. Amen to that. Thanks so much, Gus. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you. Gus Cattengill here on The Great Scott Show. The great sports callers open think tank, sponsored by suit up, suit up, suit up, menswear and tux rentals. The absolute best in menswear, period. You need to rent a tux for a wedding. You need to rent a tux for an event. You need to rent a tux for a gala. You need to rent a tux for a ball. Suit up. You need to buy a suit for whatever. Suit up. You need to buy some nice clothes. Suit up. You need to buy some new dress shoes. Suit up. Belt. Suit up. Pants. Suit up. Shirt. Suit up. Jacket. Suit up. Suit up. Suit up. Suit up. That's the way to go. It's locally owned and operated. They've got an amazing selection, great service, great prices, great product, and great selection. The people are awesome, the suits are awesome, and the prices are the absolute best. Suit up. Suit up. Trust me. When they're you heard about it on the Great Scott Show, you're going to get great service. You're looking for something casual, suit up. You're looking for something really nice, suit up. Right now, two suits on Select Suits, special $300. Booking a wedding for the fall, go to suit up. If you got five or more groomsmen renting their tuxes from there, the groom's tux going to be free on the house. Suit up. Suit up! Suit up. 3546 Ambassador Caffrey, located between Rooms to Go and Lafayette Shooters, open, open Monday through Saturday. That's right, Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Coming up next hour, we'll get back into. Last night's game in Montgomery. Break out the Great Poupon, Jay. The
0: pitch swing and a long drive to deep right field. That ball is gone. Get out the Great Poupon. That's a grand salami.
2: And
1: the Cajuns have broken it open. Woo! Seven to two.
2: Yeah, the Cajuns win it last night. Cook starts. Tadley gets in there in relief. Arigetti comes in there, throws 40 pitches. Brad Topham's going to join us, color analyst for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns at the top of the hour. His thoughts on the decision to throw Arigetti, the pitching, the big moment from Benny, um, what the bullpen job is going to look like Saturday. And look, you get to Sunday championship game. Connor Cook and Aragetti. will be back. At least you believe the head coach, Matt Deggs, and he's not lying about that.
1: Yeah, that would be the plan. Uh, You know, I looked at B.J. in the dugout. Cook's at 62. Uh, The only really stressful ones were there towards the end. That would be the plan for Sunday. But we've got to go through a really good Georgia Southern team.
2: Georgia Southern is playing really, really well right now. On deck this Saturday. Big matchup. They have a game today against ULM, but the outcome of it doesn't really matter. Then they'll play Saturday. Four o'clock scheduled first pitch, 3.30 pregame. But uh, what a game last night. What a game. And what a moment. Big grand slam by Ben Fitzgerald. Coach Deggs on that.
1: I was just really happy for our ball club and for Benny uh, because we had grinded all night. I felt like we deserved to win the game, but it was still in the balance. And like I just mentioned, you know, had we had just some of those two out knocks, et cetera, et cetera, we probably wouldn't be in a position where we have to win a tournament. And so if we're going to start getting them, that's great, because that's that's how you play it. at You know, this time of year, you've you've got a hit to win this time of year. And I like the way we swung the bat the last two games.
2: Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues next hour. Top then open phone lines for you guys on a Friday. It's The Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420.